Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Today we're going to be talking about serve, just opportunities to serve here at the River Church. And honestly, our, our culture or how we operate, I just felt to explain but our foundation scripture is Hebrews 6.10, and then we'll elaborate. My wife and I will tag team preach today. God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you've shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. How many people realize that when anything you do for the Lord, God takes note of? He never forgets it, never, never just ignores it, that God is a just God and watches those things and rewards those us according to what we do. I felt to elaborate, and then I'll turn it to my wife, and we'll, we'll roll. But um, one of the aspects growing up, not in the church, and then coming in the church world, is that I wasn't well accustomed or knowledgeable about religion, denominations, those types of things inside the church. I just got radically saved, and I was just thrown right in to the spirit-filled world of just life, liberty, freedom, joy, uh, unexplainable miracles, crazy encounters, boldness, young people on fire on the streets of Nashville preaching the gospel and just seeing people, you know, saved right outside of bars. That's kind of like how I came in. And then as I grew and I went to Bible school, just loved the Lord, was on fire for God. And one of the greatest things that happened to me was here I am, I'm a wild kid, I was on drugs, I was on alcohol, my life was that type of thing. The Lord got a hold of me, set me ablaze, and I was going to a small church of 40 people that just instantly just took you in like family and let you be a part of what was happening. So it wasn't like, give us 12 months and let's watch you every day to see if you deserve to be able to sweep the floor and that type of principle. And I know that there's cultures like that based upon... And, and I'm not knocking them. I understand the principle that they, they don't let anybody serve in the church until you've kind of proven yourself. But my outlook on it is different coming from my back, background. I view one of the strongest parts of being in a serve team is the fact that right away, even when you're still not fully processed or fully cooked, you get ingratiated in belonging to the church where you can build relationships that can change your life. Amen. How many people in here realize that none of us are perfect anyways? Even if you've been serving in church 20 years, you still have a trigger, and one day we'll find it. You know, nobody's perfect. And so we, we, we actually invite and encourage people, jump on board and just dive in because the best thing to do is just go fully after the things of God and find yourself in the midst of that and let God work in you as you're working for him. Amen. Go ahead, beautiful. Amen. All right, so very quickly, I'm going to go through all my scriptures that I have. You all know that I always have a lot, so we're going to put them up on the screen for you. If you can if you <laughs> challenge yourself and see if you can find it in the Bible. <laughs> Try to follow along. All right, Luke 22, 27, Amplified Classic. For who is greater, the one who reclines at table, the master, or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table, but I am in your midst as one who serves? This is Jesus speaking of himself. 
Matthew 20, 25 through 28. And Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men hold them in subjection, tyrannizing over them. Not so shall it be among you. But whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be waited on, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The now in Ephesians 6, 6 through 8, not in the way of eye service as if they were watching you and only to please men, but as servants, slaves of Christ, doing the will of God heartily and with your whole soul, rendering service readily with goodwill as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that for whatever good anyone does, he will receive his reward from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. And Jesus earlier said that he was a servant and he was a slave. So we are like Christ so that we put, the, put ourselves in that category. And that's how the scripture applies. Colossians 3.22. Servants, Jesus called himself a servant, obey in everything he obeyed the Father. Those who are your earthly masters, not only when their eyes are on you as pleasers of men, but in simplicity of purpose with all your heart because of your reverence for the Lord and as a sincere expression of your devotion to him, whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that you will receive the inheritance, which is your real reward the one whom you are actually serving is the Lord Christ, the Messiah. For he who deals wrongfully will reap the fruit of his folly and be punished for his wrongdoing. And with God there is no partiality, no matter what a person's position may be, whether he is slave or master. 1 Peter 10 through 11. As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Whoever speaks, let him do it as one who utters oracles of God. Whoever renders service, let him do it as with the strength which God furnishes abundantly, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ the Messiah. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever through endless ages. Amen. Now Romans 12, 3. For by the grace unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. For as in one physical body we have many parts, organs, members, and all of these parts do not have the same function or use. So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ the Messiah, and individually we are parts one of another, mutually dependent on one another. I'm going to say that again, mutually dependent on one another, having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. 
He whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. He whose gift is practical service, let him give himself to serving. He who teaches to his teaching. He who exhorts, encourages to his exhortation. He who contributes, let him do it in simplicity and liberality. He who gives aid and superintends with zeal and singleness of mind. And he who does acts of mercy with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness. Let your love be, a sin be sincere, a real thing. Hate what is evil, loathe all ungodliness, and turn in horror from wickedness. But hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Rejo rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer and contribute to the needs of God's people, sharing in the necessities of the saints. Pursue the practice of hospitality. Amen. <laughs> I think that covers all the bases, right? Um, Jesus placed himself as a servant slave, and we are supposed to be just like Jesus. Follow me as I follow Jesus is what the apostles said. Jesus said, come, follow me. And that's what they did. And so that's what we, that's what the apostles said. Hey, follow me as I follow the Lord. God was following, uh, Jesus was following God the Father the whole time. Um, he washed his disciples' feet. And they were so horrified because they were like, no, you're my great master. What are you doing touching my nasty, dirty, filthy feet? And he lowered himself just to show them and give them a visual representation of what he came to do. Um, how are we supposed to serve Jesus if we cannot see him right before us with our own eyes? We serve his bride. We serve his body. Um, we serve Jesus by serving his bride. Um, if I go to Matthew 10, 41, it says, He who receives and welcomes and accepts a prophet because he is a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Wait, What? All you did was receive, accept, and welcome him, and now you're getting prophet's rewards? But you're not a prophet? I don't know about you, but this is kind of cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> whoever receives and welcomes and accepts a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives to one of these little ones in rank or influence, even a cup of cold water, because he is my disciple, surely I declare to you he shall not lose his rewards. So right here it says if you give to a prophet, there's rewards. And if you give to a homeless person or a little baby, there is rewards. There's rewards for all the things. Amen? Um, familiar familiarize yourself with heaven's reward system. Okay, so between Pastor Caleb and I, we have served in every single ministry of helps serve team that there is. Um, I was born into ministry. <laughs> I was there since baby. I was in the nursery at the age of seven. Um, there were also other times where I was calling my own prayer lines, kind of going rogue, and because I was so cute, my dad let me do it. Um, <laughs> you know, when a seven-year-old calls a prayer line, you're like, oh, okay. 
Okay, we'll, uh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I had my own private service going on in the back. He was praying for people up front. I mean, it was a time to do it. It wasn't out of the, you know, the, the actual time frame of the service. Come on, guys. You know. <laughs> Anyways, but here's the beauty of the body of Christ, right? We don't have to do all the positions all the time or all at once. I've often thought if I could go through... Um, you know, one of those duplicator machines, there was a movie a long time ago, I don't think it was a very good movie, but <laughs> um, <laughs> where he multiplied himself and he could, you know, be all the places he wanted to be all at once. And I was like, man, if I could multiply myself, I would be like back there on the camera, I'd be behind the words, I'd be on the audio board, I'd learn a little bit more about this audio board than the last one I knew better. But um, <laughs> I would be up in the productions room, I would be serving in the hospitality, I would be in every every single age group in the kids' church, and I would be behind the coffee bar. But that would be a little weird and a little creepy if all you saw were, like, replicate replicas of the same person. It would be really strange. So this is the gift of God is that we all get to participate and use our giftings at any given time, in any given service, and we get to serve each other. And because I get to serve you in what I'm gifted in, did you know that Pastor Caleb and I, when we were, we were on the road as traveling evangelists, and we were like, Lord, we would just love to be associate pastors somewhere. Just lift up the hands of a pastor, be, you know, run outreach and soul winning. Uh, I'll help in, in worship or, or kids' church, or I'll help, you know, at the coffee bar if they need it. I'll do whatever they need. I, I know that we could do it. We would have so much fun to, to serve another man or woman of God. And then that night, God tag team prophesied over us with two prophets, not one, two prophets. And they were like, because you said you want to be second, God's making you first. And they Lord, that's really not what I meant. I meant I wanted to be second. <laughs> and me and my husband looked at each other and we were like, uh, okay. And so I was like, at least we're second to Jesus. At least we're second to Jesus. So if you think that we wanted the senior pastor position, or the microphone, or what appears to be the gold and the glory. <laughs> it just appears, trust me. <laughs> Our secret identity is plumber. <laughs> we deal with overflows of things you don't really want to know about. <laughs> this is not a superhero that anybody would want to be. <laughs> But <laughs> being, being the senior pastor, I never wanted to be a senior pastor because my parents are senior pastors. So I saw it for everything that it really was, for everything that you really have to go through. And getting up here to deliver the word is a humbling experience because we are responsible for every word that we teach you guys. And so I'm just like, I'm always like... Father in heaven, thank you, Father. Lord, just use us, lead us, guide us. God, you fill me up. Here I am. I'm just, I just clean my vessel. I empty it for you to use. Fill me up and let it overflow. And, that, and that's as basic as it gets for what we do here. But I was, I was in the kids' church. I, at many moments in time, I've had to run kids' church. I've had to do different things in the church. But, thank you, Jesus, he multiplied us. So he multiplied us so we don't, we, 
well, first of all, it's physically impossible to be in all of those places at once. Um, so he multiplied us, so now we get to just expand as a body, and everybody gets to participate and serve one another with joy and gladness. Okay, so this is how our church grows in stature and influence. We all fill our roles for that service or time period to see the kingdom advance, the kingdom of heaven advance. And you, just a reminder, which I've said multiple times, but, you know, you have to say it multiple ways for in order for people to really get it. You only have to serve in one or two areas at any given time. And that's how God designed it. And he designed us to all share and participate in the kingdom. Amen. So, <laughs> totally not a in our message, but when she spoke about washing feet, it totally reminded me. Years ago, we were preaching in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> we were going out on the streets witnessing, and this lady was telling us that she's deathly afraid of feet and, like, won't even touch her husband's feet, you know? And so she was like, it, it, and anyways, the <laughs> second door we knock on. This old lady's like, I need a miracle in my foot. <laughs> she pulls out her foot. And this girl, she was like, <laughs> I, was I was standing back just crying, laughing, like, yeah, this one's on you. Go ahead. I feel like the, Lord, the Lord's going to give you a miracle. <laughs> foot washings, praise the Lord for him. Amen. Ushers, go ahead and bring out the buckets right now. Go take, take your shoes off. <laughs> Look at the person beside you and say, get ready. Okay. They are. Have you ever done a foot washing? Who's, who's been a part of a foot washing? Raise your hand. One day we have to do it here because they, they are very powerful. Now, Jesus did it. It's extremely powerful. Um, benefits of serving, but before I get into that, there are benefits to serving the church. I just want to highlight when my, when my wife and I went into the full-time ministry uh, tw uh, coming up 10 years ago, and I say full-time in the capacity of when we were launched building our own, really not our own, but our doing, you know, you don't have partners, you don't have a boss, you don't have someone that's, I, I'll pay you this amount of money, go do this. It was just mere believing the Lord. That happened 10 years ago. And the cry of my heart instantly when I went in the ministry was, Lord, I want to leave a deposit everywhere I go. And, I, and there's people that build ministries not off of leaving deposits. They build ministries on taking from the church all the time. And we're very prayerfully trying to decide we, who will come into this church because we want people that will leave a deposit. Amen. That will leave something behind and, and inject within us life, faith, wisdom, understanding, anointing, impartation, I wanted to leave something, and that was the cry of my heart, God. Now, I don't want to just build a ministry where I just go in circuits and create a name for myself. I want you to give me something that led me in the prayer of crying out to the Lord, where the Bible says we minister according to the grace that was given unto us, and I would cry out to the Lord, what grace have you given me? What, is it, what have you imparted into me? What is my calling? Because I believe if you are called in the fivefold ministry, the Lord gives you a message, and that's for teachers, prophets, apostles, that burns within you that you bring, and everything you preach kind of is centered on that. And that, to me and my wife, became very obvious that we're, I mean, it burns within me to encourage the bride to stir the church up and to see people just fully, passionately 
run and love life with all that they've got, doing something for the Lord. Amen. Amen. But uh, as we launch, and just, just, just to be vulnerable with you guys, that I also had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I had this, like, understanding, like, the church is dead. The church is just never, you know, revival's where it's at. The revival scene, we have everything in the church. Pastors are a bunch of dead people and all of this stuff. I mean, really had that type of attitude to me um, because there are, you know, religion is a dead thing. But over time, I began to realize the error of that, that you can't be the person that sits there and just thinks there's always like you've, you, you even look at social media now has empowered a generation to pick on and pry and tear apart the bride. I mean, I'm just every prophet prophes all they prophesy is attacks on the church. I mean, literally one thing after another, the church is dead. The church needs to rise. All of these things. And yes, the church, but talk to the church because our God is not so small. That you're the only guy on fire. My God has people in every tribe, every tongue, every nation right now on planet earth. And they are doing the will of the Father above. Amen. The church has always been alive. It will always be alive because Jesus is the head of the church. And the church will be here until he takes us home. Amen. Amen. And the Lord had to take me to that to where I realized not only do I need to leave a deposit. But I have to open myself up to have something given back to me. It's a two-way street. You've got to realize, honor the bride, and, and something transpires in your life, but also come in with the attitude of what can I deposit to? What can I leave in the church? What can I be a part of in the church? One friend of mine always says this, and it's always stuck with me, if your presence doesn't matter, then your absence won't make a difference. And it's so true. You have to ask yourself, what am I doing when I show up at church? What am I imparting? What am I adding? What have I done and then beyond that, do I have like a stiffness in my heart to where I don't receive from the church? Because there's that movement pulling people from the church. And let I remind you that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Right. Amen. And so the more you're in the church, that is God's plan A. His plan was to create empowered military outposts called local churches that would raise up an army of believers in every place and take territory Monday through Saturday and meet on Sundays to shout glory hallelujah. Amen. Come on somebody. Amen. We're meant to do that. We're meant to have that. The church is God's plan. People are like I just don't think the church is the way forward. That was God's plan. You have a problem with the church. You have a problem with God. Yeah. Right? He planned it, and so there's a reason for it, and there are well, benefits to the church. In the first service I addressed this, you see all these comments on the line, online, well, um, you know, Jesus was in me, so I'm the church. And then, hey, you are not the church by yourself. I'm not the church by myself. I'm only the church when I'm with you, and we are the body of Christ. Amen. It's like your kidney left your body and is going around parading around being like, I'm the body. No, you ain't. You a kidney. Get back where you're supposed to be. That's right. <laughs> I need my kidneys. <laughs> it's true. And so we all, like as the scripture said, we actually are all codependent on each other. Yeah. The strength of a church is not built on a few people's talents. It's built on a strong church. And I'll yeah. remind you, when the Lord spoke to me in our fifth anniversary, he said, I'm less concerned with building a church strong in numbers than I am building a strong believer. Yes. And so 
Everything God has designed in the local church is meant to sharpen us and cause us to grow in all areas of our life. Amen. Amen. Serving the church, there are benefits attached to it. Number one, one of the great benefits of serving in a local church is friendships. Amen. Amen. This we 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 have we're losing the the understanding of having a true friend. Yep. You need friends in life. Amen? Amen. This generation is lonely. They medicate themselves with wine nights and prescription pills and Netflix. If the highlight of your week is a bottle of Merlot and Netflix, you need to get out and meet someone. <laughs> Amen? Amen. They realize that life is for the living. Amen. And not for dying. And people have done that. And so church, one of the benefits of serving in the church is you actually build relationships, which the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So as a friend sharpens a friend. And even when I was saying you need friendships because the other thing is social media is now everybody's a critic, bro. Yeah. And it's like everybody tries to bring correction to everything going on at all times. Like you're the best pro it ever was. I told you Joe Osteen's corrupt. I told you, you know, whatever this person. I told you this person was going to fall. This is the problem and that's the problem. You cannot bring correction unless you have relationship. Right. Amen? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Somebody walked up to you at, at Walmart and told you, you're not a good parent. Do you care what that person said? <laughs> no. Get away from me in your sweatpants and going down the road. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. My kids are still alive. I count that one <laughs> succeeding. Amen? They're well fed. That's another success. They know my name. They know their house. And they're not talking to you because they don't talk to weird strangers. Drop the mic. Amen. Going down the road. But friends can be there to tell you because there are things you don't know that are manipulating you. There are times you get down. Yeah. And you need someone around you that can speak into you. And there are times that you get bitter and you get the wrong attitude that you need someone with a relationship to come in and cut that junk off before it festers and grows into something you don't want it to grow into. Amen. Amen. And that's friendships. Serving in the churches creates friendships, which is discipleship. Going back to what I said, why do you? Why do we not have to serve? You know, come to church for a year, do all of these things before you join a serve team. All you gotta do is go to fast track, and you can join here. Why? Because we want to get you integrated in the body and make you feel like you belong. Amen. Because you do belong. Amen. Even if you're still halfway there. Yeah. Right. Even if you're still trying to get off a few things, you belong and you need a friend that can tell you he got me off of it, he'll get you off of it too. Amen. Are you with me this morning? That's discipleship. Friendships matter. And so uh, I'm going to read in the Passion Translation, which was really popular with all the guys in the first service. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hey, stop. I have fun. Read it, read it deep for the men. We read in the Passion. It says Romans 12, 10 through 12 in the Passion. It says it this way. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. And don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Amen. Amen. 
Do you know that one of the old school secrets to living a joyful life is getting over yourself and living for someone else? Do you know that you cannot feel you? And so if you are always me focused, you'll always be empty. But if you take and pour out whatever you have into another person, you yourself will be poured back into. If you pour out love, God is love, he will fill your love tank. But if you focus everything, even in your prayer life, if everything is always about you personally, there's an emptiness attached to it. But when you begin to start living and honoring and caring and pouring and stirring one another to action, then before you realize it, you have surrounded yourself with people that are pouring, stirring, and encouraging you too. You are not meant to do life alone. Come on, somebody. So stop being alone. Stop going home and hiding in your closet. Come out of your closet. And get set free. Amen. Amen. <laughs> little, little play with words there. Okay. Joy comes in your life when you live for other people. And so being a part of something that is growing, being a part of pouring into another person brings you joy. It is more joyful to give than it is to receive. Who can testify that that is true? That goes in finances of gifts, and it also goes in just giving love, pouring it out. You are more satisfied and fulfilled in life the more you pour out your life into another person. If you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. Amen? So go around and encourage people. Stir it up. Have friends in Jesus' name. Amen. Another benefit of serving the church is opportunity. Do you realize how many opportunities in life exist within the local church? Career opportunities, talents, giftings, all business plans. Everything exists within a local church. There is so much opportunity when you grab a hold of the fact that God has called you to live life in this community. People are raised up, and you take the church this day and age, you, how many famous musicians were once a part of the church? How many people were raised up from youth group and on, and that's how they cut their teeth to where now they're multimillionaires? There is opportunity in the body of Christ. God is a rewarder. Businesses. With video production, directors, graphic designs, all sorts of things, real estate, construction, anything you want to do, you can grow it by being a part of a strong local church. There is opportunity that exists within these walls. People are like, I'm looking for something. Then get it plugged into church and watch God open doors in your life. Amen. Amen. It'll strengthen you. I know millionaires, millionaires today that had sit there, they could write a check of a million dollars. God has blessed them so much. The way they got millions of dollars was coming to church, serving on teams, going out on the streets, knocking on doors, leading people to the Lord. They overcome their fear of man, and then they took the same talents that they learned by soul winning and went door to door in sales, and now they're multimillionaires. So what's the benefit of soul winning? You're going to build the kingdom and you can acquire talent that can make you a multimillionaire. Amen. Realize that not only is there heavenly opportunity, but there are real life applications of opportunity that exist in a local church. There's all sorts of things that God can do in you and through you. If you would just reach out and grab a hold of the fact that, man, God's called me to live life with these people. Business owners, you can start businesses in the local church. But beyond that, you start serving in the local church. It builds every relationship you're ever going to need. I believe that with all every fiber of my being. The things I believe about the church is I believe that the church, the true church, is the single largest financial holder in the world. 
I believe that God's people possess more of the wealth than anybody. Our problem is we're divided and we're not unified. But I believe if we unify and look at the church and build together, God would prosper the church in such a way that you could navigate in these times and build great things. If you believe that, say amen. amen. There is opportunity that exists when you serve God's house. Even in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9, it says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants is anything.
And this time when you start over, you're not starting from nothing. You're starting from experience. Amen. Amen. I read that the other day, and I thought, I've started from experience many times. <laughs> I like that instead of starting over. Amen. Come on. The blessing of God comes upon your life when you serve in the church. It's supernatural. It's unexplainable. And it's a blessing just to be a person that, that carries the things of God with you in your household, where peace is in your house, where favor is in your house, where the angels of God are encamped about you. That matters right now, amen? Where a 1,000 can fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it doesn't come near you. You want to be that person in this hour, amen, where you're not afraid of any pestilence that the Bible says. Come what may, plan what you want, drop nuclear bombs, shoot off missiles, try and plan World War III. But as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Yeah, and we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That is a promise from God, and no king on planet Earth can stop what God wants to do. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Thank you, God, for your blessing. And the fourth benefit of serving in the church is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. You were made to produce fruit. You are miserable until you produce something. Did you know that? People that don't produce anything get miserable and miserable and miserable and miserable. If I was to give you money every day of your life and you never go out and do anything with it, you would become miserable. You know how many people have great wealth and they don't know what to do with it and they sit at home recluses from the world in total misery? Because you think that it's success or money, but it's really fruitfulness. You were made in the image of God, and only when you find yourself producing, that's when you sleep better at night. That's when you rise with excitement because you feel like I'm making a difference. Amen. Amen. Who agrees with that? I went to business school at Oral Roberts, and they said there's only a set number at which money motivates a person. Beyond that, it, what motivates a person is when they feel like they are a key part of what is happening then they will go and give 110%. Well, let me tell you something. You are a key part of God's plan in this hour. That's why you're on planet Earth still today. Amen. 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 So know that, man, if you don't feel you're producing fruit, one of the things Jesus said is the promise of, 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 of the Father is that those that produce fruit, he will prune you to become more fruitful. What does the local church exist for? To make you feel like the best person ever? Sometimes. But the local church also exists where the word can be preached and it can get in you when you need to be sanded down. Anybody ever had a word that irritated and, and messed? You were like, oh, I don't like this. Right? I don't like this preacher. I don't like his hair. <laughs> I don't like his shoes. I don't like his passion translation. I only read King James. And it irritates you. Why? Because there are some things that you need to be irritated on. Yeah. Come on. Who in here thinks you're perfect? Praise God. I'm the only one with a hand up. Okay. So let me move. <laughs> That's only because my wife tells me that every day. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Lord, don't strike me dead. Nobody's perfect. The church is not perfect. There is not a perfect church. But you are not perfect either. And there are some things that you can, yes, the Lord will encourage you, but there's other things that you really need brought out yeah. of you. You need that irritant to where you realize, I need to make a change in my life. Yeah. i got to change. i got to stop thinking this way. I'm not thinking the way God wants me to think in this capacity. Right. And the local church exists to give a word that sometimes 
plows through your heart offends the mind to reveal the heart so that you can make a change. Amen. Amen for that. Amen. Thank God for bold preachers. Thank God for the power of the word. Thank the Lord for the Holy Ghost that gives people utterance that cuts through the fluff and gets to the stuff so that you could be pruned to produce more fruit in this hour. When I get to heaven, I don't want to find out, Caleb, there was a lot more I wanted you to do. I want to get there and hear, well done, you did it. You knocked it out of the park. You did what I called you to do. And everybody in here, God has things that he has called you to do. But the church exists to help sever and break those things off so that you become more fruitful. Fruitfulness matters. The Bible even says, Jesus said that you will know people by their fruit. That a good tree does not produce bad fruit, and a bad tree does not produce good fruit. We're called to be fruit producers in this hour. And if there's anything we can do, the church can rise up and continue to produce good fruit in this hour and realize, yes, we're in the last days, but the the enemy does not get a free run up the side. The church is still on planet Earth, and we're still going to save the lost. We're still going to shake cities. We're still going to make a difference, and as long as there's breath in our bodies, we will preach the gospel and see life trans, lives transformed. Amen? Amen. There's fruitfulness in a person's life that serves in the body of Christ. And once again, that goes back to that. We don't have to do every part. Some people say, I'm just absolutely terrified to be a preacher of the gospel. I don't ever see myself having the boldness to do it. Number one, you can do it. But beyond that, even if you don't see yourself in that capacity, it doesn't mean that you're not a part of a local church that can send people out to do it. Amen. doesn't mean that you don't get ingratiated and part of that to help send forth the laborers in this hour too. Because whatever part, it matters in the church. Every aspect matters. But our heart here in this church is that the serve team, everybody in the church would serve. I mean, people are like, you can't have 100% serve. Why not? Yeah, why can't we break the mold? <laughs> Jesus was a servant. Let's all be servants. Let's all work with each other and not esteem each other higher than the other person and, and do what the Lord has called us and stretch ourselves and, and find God do great things throughout us and be a part of what's happening here and then see what the Lord can do in the city of Claremont and Lake County as the church continues to build strong believers that impact this community Monday through Saturday. Amen? Amen. We're called to be fruit producers. Who desires to be more fruitful in life? Amen. We say, well, how do I get it? Just in serving alone that God will put within you, he will bring things out of you. Things you don't know are in you will come out when you begin to serve in the local church. Amen? Amen. Even when I served in the local church, I served... In audio, I served in, in, in hospitality, I served as an usher, I served as security, I served as an armor bearer once, and after that I was fired. I did, I don't know what I did wrong, but they didn't like me, amen. Apparently I was too friendly, no, I don't know. I served in janitorial, that was what I did most, because I wrote down, what do you want to serve at the church, and I said, number one, bathrooms. Because I figured no one will do that, and I was right, no one else signed up. But I loved it. It was, a, it was a great blessing because it was like you took ownership of it. And to this day, you'll see me at, in Bank of America washing my hands, and I still take the rag, and I clean the whole sink. <laughs> it gets in you. You're like, oh, what am I doing? What am I, what am I doing right now? <laughs> Walking out of the bank, do you have a scrubber? Because that toilet in there, let me just tell you right now. Somebody, somebody. <laughs> It was like that before I went in there. (laughs) 
Why is it that you always want to clarify that too? When you're in a public restroom and you didn't do it, and it's straight cooking in there, and you're leaving. Let me tell you right now, something cooked in there and it wasn't me. You always got to clarify it wasn't you because you're leaving at the same time someone's coming. I just, on the record, by God, he can strike me dead if this is not true. This was not me, okay? I mean, anybody else testify? You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be blamed for that thing. And then, okay, while we're on the subject, which has I worked at Moffitt Cancer Center when I was in Bible college with doctors. Doctors. These people are supposed to be educated. And I went in the bathroom, and this doctor, he was cooking something for sure. And when he came out of the toilet, he didn't even wash his hands. He walked right out into the hospital. That moment is forever ingrained in my mind. If I'm like going to a doctor, I'm like, bro, you go wash those hands right now. I don't know where you've been. Same thing in a prayer line. I don't know where you've been. Who are you? You don't just anybody putting hands on this forehead. And that goes on the record. You know the people you labor among. Amen. Amen. If they don't have the, the decency to stop at the sink, then you don't want them laying hands on you. Once again, this is free. Please don't let it be the only thing you take from today's message. But it is important life values. Amen. All right, moving on, babe. Wrap this thing up and make it holy now. moment of silence as we collect ourselves here. presence here this morning. We thank you for the freedom in this place. We thank you, Lord, for joy in this place. We thank you, Lord, for clean hands and pure hearts. in here that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to tell you today that he loves you so much. He has great plans for your life. He has always loved you and always planned things. The word of God declares that even in your mother's womb, he sang over you and he danced over you. That it is with great joy that he planned and dreamed for your life. He said, I have plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future and not to harm you. That every person under the sound of my voice, God has loved from the day you were even just forming in your mother's womb. He has planned things, and that plan is the best plan you will ever find for your life. 
All it takes to begin to walk that plan out and to let the Lord use you, let the Lord develop you, let the Lord increase and bless you is a simple surrender in your heart to say, Jesus, I want to know you personally and intimately. I truly want to know you. I want to give you my life. I want to give you my days. I want to give you all that I am, God. And if you do that, say, Lord, take my life. Many years ago as a young teenager, life running wild, I remember coming to an altar before there was ever an altar call given, and I simply knelt and cried out to God. My life is a life I've ruined. It's filled with things I'm not pleased with, but if there is any way you can take this life and do something with it, then please do so. And that night, the power of God came upon my life. From my head to my toes, the supernatural anointing of heaven burned out every addiction in my life. And I heard the Lord speak to me, and he brought me on a brand new path that led me to where I stand today. And God has things in store for your life, but it takes your surrender. He will never force you. He will never push you. He will just work with you when you say, God, I'm willing to work with you. And I lay my life down now. If that's you, you say, I want to know Jesus. I've never given him my life. Then today, the Lord will become real to you and step into your heart the moment you surrender it. Or secondly, you're here and at one time you were serving the Lord. But then things happened. Maybe you went through trials that knocked you off course. Maybe you went through financial duress that really made you clinch up and lose trust. You felt hurt. You felt betrayed. You didn't understand it. You say, I hear the word blessing, but my life has not been a blessed life. It has been a hard life. I wish I could say that the Lord is good, but I feel like all I know is bad. If that's your story, then today I want to pray with you and for you because I believe that God wants to take you up out of that muck and out of that mire and give you a brand new life that is a life full of the goodness of God and the blessing of God. There is nothing you've gone through that God cannot turn around and work together for good. That is His promise. And sometimes you can't see it with your eyes, but God can see it because He's been to the end before He even began. He knew the things would happen. He knew what you would go through. But even still, uh, the King of kings, the Lord of creation who cannot lie, said, I will work it together for good if you would just love me and are called according to my purpose. Today, all it takes for that good to begin to work in you and through you is a simple surrender saying, God, I need that. I want to know you. I want to know your goodness. And I want to come back to my first love. I want to come back to you, Lord. I want to give you my life afresh, and I want a fresh start. I want the things I've been through to be washed away. I want the heaviness to be broken. God, I need it now. Thirdly, you're hearing it, and the devil's always lying to you. In your mind, there's a constant battle that heaven is not real, that hell is not real. Is it true? Is Jesus real? Is this made up? Is this a crutch for this generation? Is this all fluff? And you have that, you want to believe, you want to go holy into this. You say, God, I, I want to believe, but I have this struggle. I'm here to tell you by the authority of the Word of God that if today you would simply make a decision, by faith, by faith, I choose to believe in your grace, God. Then it would become real to you today. And when Jesus steps in, you will no longer have the question you once had because when He gets in you, you will know that He is in you. 
You will feel different. You will think different. You will look different. You will act different. You will walk different. You will be different because you will become a brand new creation and the old will be passed away. Only God can do that. The Bible says he takes out the stony heart and he puts in a heart of flesh. You're here and the enemy's messed in your mind, that battlefield of the mind, and you say, I want it to end. And I want to know that it's real. And today I want to give myself to Jesus Christ. If you fit into any three of those categories, you've never given your heart to the Lord. You've gone through trials and backed off where you say, I'm tired of the battle in my mind and I want it solidified right now. Jesus is Lord. Then with every head bowed and every eye closed, simply raise your hand across the place. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.